Hello, welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and today I am talking to artist Chuck Webster about art, culture, pop culture, ephemera, guided by voices, the wire, and a few other things. Chuck Webster is known for his playful quasi-abstract paintings and drawings. His work has been exhibited in group shows at PS1 Contemporary Arts Center, the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston, the San Diego Museum of Art, MoCA Detroit, and the Berkshire Museum. His work is in the permanent collection of the Whitney Museum of American Art and the MFA Houston, as well as the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. Now, my conversation with Chuck Webster. Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and today I am speaking with noted visual artist, painter, Chuck Webster. Kind of like a kid in a candy store in the, the Risby Library. Oh boy, that's uh, so <laughs> quiet, please. Yeah. What's uh, what are you, did you study there? Or is that... No, I'm teaching there. Oh, that's right. Oh, good for you. What are you teaching? Drawing one. Oh, very nice. So this is the this is the writing uh, equivalent of teaching uh, freshman comp when when you're. Uh, more like uh, more like uh, kind of uh, sophomore comp. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's like been the places where they pay a lot of money. Like, they're incredibly sort of endowed place, so there's a lot of good books to look at. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet place. You must be in paper heaven. <laughs> sort of. I mean, I can't. It actually is an amazing bookstore downtown. So In Providence? Books there. Yeah, Providence is a good bookstore in the middle of a, sort of a small downtown, but it's amazing. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of... Stellar stories. It's an interesting uh, city because you've got the you've got the RISD Brown thing on you know one side, and then you've got the uh, the Buddy Cianci of it all on on the other side of town. Yeah, but it's just the river. Yeah, right by the river. And I'm only here one day. I'm only here one day a week, so I can't really see much. But you learn. I, like... teach, I teach from one to six. Oh wow, that's a that's a dedicated uh, that's a pretty dedicated uh, class. Studio well, they time. have like classes from their their foundations classes are are up eight hours long. Oh my lord! I guess I I guess I didn't go to art school. I am you know I remember uh, you know doing finishing like two crosswords during a lecture and then and then you know sleeping for a little bit and then leaving. So <laughs> yeah, they're intense and they you know they a lot of them from Asia. They're incredibly hardworking. So. That's cool. How was, uh, I haven't spoken to you since you did your Ireland uh, teaching and your, your England tour. So, how did that go? Oh, that's right. That was amazing. I mean, it was, it's so intense the amount of stuff you see. Like, the, I could have I stayed in the National Gallery for two weeks. They yeah. Have, like, they frown on that. Collection of paintings. And I love just walking around London and seeing all the different crazy stuff. You know, 
Londoners do and the food and the architecture. Yeah, the food's less lethal than it was in the 70s, thank God. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. As of the... and, it's, and it's cool because there's a kind of like weird mixture of architecture between things that were like in the, you know, in the 1500s and things that were um, just built. Well, their modern architecture is really interesting. I mean, you know, with the exception, much like here, it's all dependent on when the development kind of took place because, yeah. um, you know, you get stuff like the Barbican, which, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever been over there, but it, it's, you know, it's a world-class arts facility. It's an amazing museum and studio spaces and concert halls and everything, but it from the outside, it, it looks like... You know, post earthquake, you know, Scopia Macedonia, <laughs> you know, sixties, and we just see like the. I mean, there's this dumb thing called the shard, which is this sort of big Lorenzo piano thing, and it's just this big pointy, pointy thing. Then <laughs> there's the London Eye, which I didn't go on. There's like a big, big, big Ferris wheel. Yeah, no, that that's. Uh, I think that was a Millennium Edition. I mean, yeah, they, it was built in like 99 or maybe for the Olympics but yeah that was yeah, yeah, yeah. but then you yeah. you know you, you walk into pubs that have been you know kicking around since 1600 or uh, whatever yeah that's what I like the best yeah I, I do pretty well with those myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah the pubs are beautiful and there's one called the Old Cheshire Cheese which is Samuel Johnson's favorite pub I didn't go in there last time but you know we went to Fiddlefield's Market that's what paid for heaven I bought a little like a bunch of old books. Oh, cool. Like, there were ex- extras that were all beat up and I could use them. You know, now I can draw on a paper. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's like with a copy of the Iliad and a copy of uh, the Fall, Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, which is pretty pretty funny. So I might actually curate a show called The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire and just have people draw on that paper. That would be amazing. Where are we? That would be pretty funny. Pretty funny. I, I, will. Um, I don't have a I'll go to work. We'll go to work booking that very soon. I'm gonna, just so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tread some of the territory we we talked about last time. So I uh, hope that doesn't bother you too much. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It was just uh, and just off the record, it was uh, you know, the we we moved around so much and we're you know we're moving stuff around so much that it became kind of competitive with the vocal track so oh, I and then I you know I realized there was a fan on you know it's just me being an idiot when it was kind of comes to audio technique you know but that yeah. said it was I was actually really happy that we were able to tour this you know walk through the studio and look at so much of your work before we had this conversation and um yeah totally it's it's amazing stuff and so we we came to know each other uh, by introduction uh, of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which sounds extraordinarily lofty, and in your case is extraordinarily lofty because you are part of the permanent collection now. Yeah. So tell me about yeah. how that came about. Well, I think it was it came about through um, through two different avenues. Through um, the first thing I had in the collection was the uh, print series called In My Beginning, which I made with Leslie Miller at Grand Belcrest. And um, in, I think in 2000, in like 2015, I think. But um, yeah, it was, it was a series of prints on her collection of actually old hand 
mint paper, which was really great. So we've made sort of, you know, five different prints with um, pochoir and silk screen and woodcut. And then um, reviewing them, and then we just, uh, I think that Betty Cunningham had it her gallery, and that's how I think Jennifer Farrell from the Met saw them. I'm not sure exactly. I think that's the route they took, but they, they were the first thing I had in my collection. And then my artist's limited edition book called 43 Monsters, which is my childhood drawings, um, came to the Met through uh, Katie Michelle and Plant House. And um, the great thing is that I've I actually have a piece of work hanging in the Met in the office of, this isn't the official collection, but it's in the collection of Nadine Orenstein, who is uh, one of the mm-hmm. curators there, who curated a show on uh, Hercules Sagers. But I did, a, I did some work based on that on that show, so she bought a piece from me, and now that's hanging in the press and drawing department. But that's... So, yes, I'm all over all city of the Met. Yeah, that, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Would you? Did you? Uh, did you see yourself? Um, you know, as a as a burgeoning artist, did you see yourself hanging in the Met at some point? Definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's what you. That's what you look for. You look at. You see yourself amongst those masters. I mean, that's what you aspire to. Always. That's what I aspire to. The idea that you know your 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 those are your peers. Those who you talk to. Yeah. Exactly the the Dutch masters and uh, but it, it, so the, what brought it to my attention and, and I'll circle back to Plant House um, is uh, getting a phone call from the Met and, uh, having them let me know that there was somebody that uh, they wanted me to to chat with and, and meet because there was he had uh, named an entire series after each each piece after a Guided by Voices song that he was a fanatic. So tell me how that went and, and a little bit about the background of that. Uh, well, I, I think I've named many things after GED songs, not a, not a whole series, but I'm actually seeing them tomorrow night in, uh, in New York, so that's exciting. But, you know, those songs are like those songs and the songs of the Minutemen and other, other groups that they especially, especially those very quick songs that kind of take you into a small you know a fable or a kind of a kind of like a tale or a hermetic episode that you go deeply into and then you leave I mean there's many songs I can cite from Guided by Voices Indian Fables The Ended Master's Grower Shop I can go on and on about what songs might work but they you know they use a style of poetry similar to Stevens, where you where there's shifts in scale and there's shifts in um, attention and and word wordplay and sounds of words that uh, all point to a sort of they they point to a kind of uh, like where the mind bends and changes scale between um, you know between a certain between small scale hermetic like scale of, of the mind of the heart and like goes into the past so I find that that's something that happens in paintings as well does, does the song inspire the, the work or does the work then uh, retrospectively sort of uh, reference a, a, a um, song or title the, the work isn't necessarily inspired by a song now but I mean there's certain certain songs uh, the work definitely comes first like I, I take different things um, I take I take the work and it 
and then there's a song that sort of fits in there. Like there's this, I've named several things, Remain on Watch, um, which is uh, from a lyric from one specific guy who voiced this song. And I've, like, I've used that as a kind of, like an idea of, of being careful of being sort of on watch and being of a guard dog does that sort of a, that kind of like um, situation I guess and that just takes and that just goes into other things like there's a one of my favorite Peanuts cartoons is when Snoopy is a guard dog and he's on his top of his house with a submachine gun mounted on the house so there's sort of like that that like that situation that it comes originally from the, the painting, I guess I'm being like overly verbose, but the idea of the ideas, the, the, the painting, the, the, the songs kind of resonate, like the small things that happen mm-hmm. in the songs. But the, I don't think I've ever made a painting based on a song. No, there's. I think I usually start by just like putting some marks down and then I kind of go with the narrative of the painting because the unfolds. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure Charles Schultz ever worked uh, from the Baron von Richthausen uh, reference uh, in Guided by Voices that uh, into his Snoopy cartoons. But uh, yeah. So, um, but you you you've done a number. So, but there are different. You know, like you said uh, to me before, there's a, there's the the stuff that's a, you know that has the sort of that shares musical titles or borrow mu- musical titles. There's also uh, some series that depending on what you're inspired by, um, there are uh, there was a, a I, and I. I mistakenly called it a series, and I apologize for that, but you have pieces that are also referencing um, your and my favorite television show of all time, The Wire. Oh, The Wire. Oh, yeah, sure. Again, I mean, those are like fables. Those are like modern fables. The yeah. idea is like they, like in that, in The Wire, for example, things are really clear-cut. There are things that happen, there's gray areas in every character in The Wire, and a lot of those characters are sort of people that are inside a system and they're about the conflict of an individual in the system. Like, so, yeah, that, that idea comes from, but that idea also happens in great paintings. Like, there's systems of paintings and then there's things that go against them. And it's the space and, the, you know, the light and all this stuff is kind of whirling around in the painting. It also happens in the light. There's like sort of points of access and, um, points of um, sort of resistance in the wire or the giant sort of ecosystem of people and forces and money and, you know personal loyalties so those things happen between places and paintings hmm. I mean they happen between areas of color and form so that it's sort of a metaphor for what more complicated and less easily understood um, like cultural product like I'm not interested in things that are that are so clear cut spoon fed so the ambiguities the yeah exactly the ambiguity and the so where you, you do something you, you you know you look at a painting and you kind of can't believe it <laughs> and then you look at it again and you maybe start to believe it but you don't really believe it so that's kind of what I'm thinking about 
Yeah, has now have uh, I don't think I asked you this before, but has have your has your work been brought to the attention of the people who uh, I won't say inspired, but will say inspired uh, some of the work? Have you have you spoken to any of the creators of of The Wire or uh, well, Bob Pollard or anybody? Um, I've met now I've met a few of them, but I've never had the honor of talking to David Simon or Ed Burns or any of those guys. I mean, I've met a few of the the people in the show but I've never had I've never, had, never had this sort of like situation where I could sit down and say oh I mean I made this painting after the song I did um, I did like have some correspondences with a couple of the guy of the voices guys but never anything you know to where I could say oh this is like never had a business studio that would be like the ideal thing mm, that would be um, cool I have I have um, I made a painting after um one of them was Melvin's once King Buzza, Buzz Osborne, and yeah. he knew about it. And I've actually sent him a, a book. So, um, I like that's part of, I know it's not a band that I, that I, uh, just put up my, my top five, nice. my rotating top five. Um, but yeah, they, a couple times, I think, I think, I think, yeah, we, I mean, speak, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Nothing. Um, yeah, like there's, there's a. I'd like to have. Like, it's hard to have opportunities for both for like conversations with uh, you know those folks. But if the right situation comes up, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it should be facilitated. We'll we'll figure out well, how to do it. Fantastic. Yeah, we we actually. I mean, this is. Uh, I would I would call this the uh, Chuck Webster uh, interview episode. But we've had a we we had Matthew Cutter who wrote the. Um, Bob Pollard biography on not too too long ago, and uh, you know we've talked at length about. There's a lot of guided by voices uh, chatter on this show, which is again how you uh, you came to my attention originally, and, yeah, and how right I yeah, definitely. came to, to really uh, lo- love your work. And, and Bob makes those great collages, so it'd be fun to like you know do a show together or whatever you know. Yeah. Like, I could do something like that. That would you know that'd be great. I should do you know. Like do a print exchange, do a collage, do a show together. That'd be fun. There's uh, yeah. the original album covers. I mean, you've you've done you know your due diligence on on the collage work that uh, Pollard does. What uh, yeah. take us back into some of that? Because you are a you are what I am not, which is an obsessive who actually you know gets down to to, to every you know leaves no stone unturned. There are, there are. There are GBV songs I can still be introduced to. In fact, that you've introduced me to some of the best ones. Yeah, I'm a completist. Yeah. Uh, it is, and it's weird that I, was, I, mean, I was able to find a certain, like, year. I mean, uh, now you can find everything really quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. But back in the 90s and early on, you couldn't, like, go on Spotify or whatever and find all the songs you wanted. And now you have to buy, like, then you buy the Japanese versions yeah. <laughs> of, of the get those songs I, I always say that to my youngest brother who's you know I just turned 30 uh, Christian yeah. who co-hosts this with me you know if you had told me that there was going to be a magical time in the future when you know if you told 12 year old me that you, there's a time when every song you could ever want is at your fingertips um, I would have I would have uh, you know I would have fallen in love with you immediately and at the same time if you had to you know give 50 year old me uh, Spotify and try and figure out what to listen to once is really fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You know, there's so much stuff. You know, there's so much like, weird kind of uh, 
I've downloaded, you know, I've, I immediately downloaded, when I found out they were free, particularly, I downloaded, you know, the classics, like the entirety of Dickens' collection, and I have yet to touch any of it. <laughs> of course, yeah, I downloaded the, the um, uh, whatever, that, the, the James Joyce book, even though I downloaded Ulysses mm. on tape, because I haven't looked it yet, but... Little light reading. Knowing it's there is awesome. Yeah, it's but it, but does that figure into? I mean, it, I'm not necessarily your work, but your presence. I mean, is this notion of of being able to see everything all at once kind of uh, is that a in your mind is that a um, good thing or a difficult thing? It's a, that's an interesting question. I like the, I mean I like the idea of like in sometimes in drawing it's like I know what I want all at once. And I just executed, which is pretty, it's pretty special. But but being able to like when you look at keep looking at paintings over time, you're still able to see everything about them. But so it runs the gamut. I think you know some paintings are done immediately, but some some paintings are or take forever and don't reveal themselves. But yeah, that idea is being able to see everything. Like you're able to see everything in the painting and then see nothing at the same time. Like you look at a painting and you completely take it in. Or you just are confused, like really confused, and then the next time you see it, you see something different. Chip away. So, yeah, so in paintings are fundamentally a kind of contradictory situation since they're a flat, a flat surface which holds three dimensional space and holds emotion and holds the living thing. So it's it's a little bit, it's complicated. It's a little bit um, uh, strange, so that strangeness, I guess, is what I really love. Yeah, it's it's what what I'm what the other thing that I found interesting when I visited your studio is is the collage work that you do. Um, and you said, and, and I think this is somewhat akin to, to the going back to the, the Pollard uh, way of, of crafting his songs. Some of it is are things you, you had sitting for some time, and, and then you rework them into new uh, yeah. works and collages. Let me know what is. Tell me about that. Well, that's, I mean, that, that's interesting. It's like in a way, it was felt cleansing to like cut up all these pieces of paper and just re- recycle them and I think in part of that too you can see the you can see the songs morph into different songs all the early versions of songs and the you know the ones that take things from different songs like near the end of Vampire and Titus they go through like six different songs and put snippets of them into the end no I'm sorry Propeller I'm sorry um, they take like old old stuff like something um, like she says, Bob, could you join me in To God Be the Glory? And then they start playing a song. But, and there's another one where, like, they just don't have, like, little areas of songs. And it's go over, go, like, from song to song. But then it's part of a different thing. But it's, you know, I love the idea. I mean, it's, I love the idea. You know, go from song to song to song. Yeah, I mean, it's for for me as a writer, it's kind of a you know, it's a familiar bit of terrain because you know what I would frequently do is as I write something, will read and and thereby edit everything that came before it and then start writing again. And but it's it's I think it's less linear. It sounds like with with uh, visual arts. It's, it's very very angular. It's, it's, 
when you're making a mark, when you make a mark, you join your tradition that goes back to the last okay. That's what you do. You make it's what that's what you so you in some ways I think are responsible for for that. So you owe it to the you know, to everybody else who's made a mark before you to to just, you know, make it have reference to it. Like it's so I like the idea of taking my own history and reforming it and cutting things out and and um, but I mean it's like a, the collages come fast because in some ways you're working with you're already working with like six decks of cards so mm-hmm. you can make a bunch of different hands. That's actually a really great way of thinking of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna. Um, end this uh, conversation the same way we end every podcast which is uh, uh, the mind erasing question of what what are you listening to these days oh, well, actually what I'm listening which, to is a lot of fire hose really like yeah I've been really that, I mean I love those records I saw fire hose a couple times actually when they when they recorded their live record I saw that exact show which was great but now I've been listening to Raging So Long and Flying a Final oh yeah and uh it's a, that's a, I haven't revisited that in some time. I was going to say, yeah. just to, to give you a little bit of latitude, it, it, the question yeah. usually um, you're allowed to uh, provide anything you've been reading, watching, listening to, or, or eating. So, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm watching. I'm actually watching a British crime drama called Line of Duty, which is fantastic. Huh. It's kind oh. of a police procedural with a lot of like intersecting characters kind of like The Wire but it's it's British so it's like the way they do things is so much different well, every, it's a great show it's like so it's like everybody on The Wire it's British a little bit it doesn't have, <laughs> doesn't have like drug dealers it's more within police yeah but if you saw the show The Bodyguard which is on yep it was on Netflix this year it's the same guy named Jed Mercurio okay Line of, Line of Duty is a killer show um let's see that's a thing I've been Really excited about the Paul Clay show at David's Warner. I will take just to see Clay in um in Chelsea is amazing in New York. Um, and you know I'm trying to eat better. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't stay in Providence too long. Then that's uh, yeah, right. it's, a, is good. it's danger zone. There's there's a reason yeah. the mafia was headquartered there, and I believe yeah, it was exactly. because of. Um, the one thing I was going to say, circling back to the, the uh, plant house, is that I, I actually met uh, your friend uh, the other day at the Frederick Tutton um, event at the Met. So uh, and and so it was a. Uh, um, oh, you met uh, you met uh, the plant house, Katie. Plant Katie, house. yeah, exactly. And right, right so um, yeah, she was asking me how I knew about Plant House, and I was able to say, well, oh, it was cool. it was a, my close personal friend Chuck Webster. <laughs> I'm going to do a little show there in um, January. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we will we will uh, put out the word as you do, and put out the word, and yeah, let me know. Like, if any of those collages can find homes, that would be fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Let's. uh, I I will uh, really enjoy talking to you, and uh, yeah, man, be in touch. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All right, bye bye. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. 
Thanks again for listening.